0: Welcome to the ProAV Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Sam Kingma. As we continue deeper into the 21st century, our involvement with AV technology grows. And while there are some people who are self-taught experts of all things AV, there aren't many avenues to go about learning AV hardware. In comes Avixa, a website that features hundreds of tutorials on many aspects of the AV field. Joining us is Chuck Espinoza, a teacher at Avixa, to discuss teaching content in the AV field, augmented reality and virtual reality, and how those can be effectively used in a classroom experience. How you doing, Chuck? I am outstanding. Outstanding. Excellent. Excellent. So, I wanted to start this interview asking what is Avixa and what do you do there? So Avixa is
1: the Audio-Visual Integrated Experience Association. We are the association for AV, AV-related things, uh, integrating that good audio and video and all the things that go into integrating audio and video to make a great experience for end users, for technology managers, for anyone who needs good audio video if you go to a sporting event there's always a big led wall and digital signage and and audio systems around the um the whole stadium if you go to a movie theater that's just you're sitting in the big audio video showcase it's a a a projector and a bunch of speakers um and so we are the association that uh kind of tries to increase awareness of education of standards and uh give you know av people a place to go and meet and talk about the things that they have in common and if there's a there's an issue that our av community says hey you know we think we could use some help with this we help gather av people that have a lot of knowledge in those areas together and uh, see if we can fix those issues be it through standards be it through education be it through working groups committees or councils uh we we just we want the AV industry to grow, and we're here to help the community help it grow.
0: Now, you mention a lot about education in teaching. What exactly is the content you are teaching, and who exactly are you teaching it to?
1: So, we teach a lot of different content on the things that you need to do to make good AV, not just the technology that's coming around, um, the uh, you know the digital video and audio, and and how to get good digital video and audio coming out of out of the box, so to speak, but we also teach things about the environment. Um, if your environment is too bright, your projector won't look as good as it could. So, we want to make sure that there's a balance between the light in the room and the light that's being on, uh, shown on the screen and the light that's on your desk so your eyes don't have to adjust, say, in the classroom. So, all of these, all the things that go into good audio and video, and that includes the networking components of it as well. Uh, nowadays, we put a lot of AV on the ones and zeros, it, it gets transformed into digital and it gets sent. Anywhere you want to send it, Uh, we have to make sure that it gets there with integrity, that it gets there all, you know, as a one big package so it doesn't look like Max Headroom or sound like Max Headroom. Um, So we teach those concepts. Um, As one of the instructors at Evixa. not only do I teach the technology side, I also teach the management side, project management and technology management. Uh, how do we structure these projects? What do we do in these projects to make them flow smooth and, and make sure we're on scope and budget and schedule? Uh, what things go into making proper SOPs for my enterprise? You know, all the things that could encompass anything around your AV. We want to make sure that people have the most current knowledge and, are, and that they have the knowledge and they can put that knowledge into good use. So we hold a lot of classes that do just that. We also hold certification classes for the CTS, CTSI, and CTSD certification uh, prep classes, I should say, where you can go and have that one last minute stop for your CTS prep. Uh, If you think, hey, I think I'm ready. I don't know if I'm quite ready yet for my CTS, CTSD, or CTSI exam, you could take a prep class and, and see if you're missing anything, if there are any knowledge gaps or, you know, just reinforce the fact that you're ready to go.
0: Now, how did you get started working as a teacher at AVIXA? Uh,
1: Well, I used to volunteer a lot. I volunteered for the uh, education department training. I was a volunteer instructor. And I volunteered a lot. Uh, I've been volunteering a lot with certification uh, since 2007, 2006-ish. I used to back, way, way back in the day when the CTSI exam was held at Infocom headquarters, and people showed up and built racks and uh, terminated cables and had to set up an audio system and and set up a projector and um, do all these different things on site. I was one of the guys that adjudicated. I volunteered uh, as a CTSI, and I was in the area. I volunteered to help them adjudicate these different stations. Uh, when the test was going to uh, ANSI format and we were going to have everything on computer, uh, I was actually one of the guys that was really skeptical how do you do a hands on test on a computer how do i know that someone could terminate a cable by a uh, a b c or d answer um, and so i was really really skeptical about it so we had a bunch of big meetings and um, i actually volunteered to write the questions somebody said you know how if you were hiring a sound guy and you were in an interview and you didn't have a sound system with you how would you know if he was a good he or she was a good sound sound guy, a good audio engineer, and I said, well, I'd ask a few questions, and they said, like what? And I threw a question out, and they said, write that down. And I figured out, I actually can do this. If I did it, and the people that know about good AV and how to install did this, uh, wrote these questions, they could figure out questions to uh, sample people's knowledge, sample AV professionals' knowledge to see if they could actually do the things that they uh, are required to do for a CTSI. So I started writing exam questions. Uh, served on the certification committee for a while. Was head of the certification committee, and uh, at the same time, I was volunteer uh, instructing for other classes—not the prep classes, but design classes. And uh, I was uh, in a job that was a—you know—it was a great company. Uh, they paid a good, good, great salary, and I was sitting in an office and signing papers all day. And I thought, I'm. This isn't for me. I'm a hands on AV guy. I like doing sound. I like uh, designing stuff. I like building things. And most importantly, I like passing that knowledge on. And uh, the director of training at the time is a good friend of mine and has said, Well, you know, we have an opening. I know it's, you know, it's not going to be what your current job is, but if you would like to do it. And there was that conversation lasted about. 35 seconds with me saying, yep, I'll be in on Monday. Uh, And that was it. And I have loved every last minute that I have been in in my current position um, to the point that I just renewed a certification uh, that I attained three years ago. And my office mate, Marcus Yarbrough, uh, said, yeah, it's been three years, hasn't it? I'm like, holy cow, that time went really fast. And it just, it has flown by and I've loved every minute of it.
0: That's absolutely wonderful. That's so great. I want to know, are there any uh, AV technologies that are either in their infancy state or on up and coming that you're really excited about?
1: Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of things that are uh, up and coming and and things that are just getting off the ground that I'm really excited about. I'm starting to see VR and AR take off a lot, especially AR, because it's so portable. Um, I've been using augmented reality in my classroom for the last couple years with a couple different apps to demonstrate certain things. Um, I use it on my phone, and I stream my phone to an Apple TV, and I connect the Apple TV to a switch, connected to the projector, so I can show it on the screen what I'm doing in real time, so the students can see my AR on the big screen. Um, I see it getting a lot of, of traction now. I see a lot more instructors using it, and I see a lot more... Um, curriculum being put in with ar and we've just been recently having some conversations about vr how do we get this knowledge in this class and this information to people who can't come to class we want them to have the same shared experience well how do we share this experience with people who can't join into the space well with vr you actually can join into the space and i can get someone in florida in maine in california in uh, washington state in idaho in bangladesh in the uk in mexico in germany and they can all be in the same room at once with vr they can connect together and they can learn collaboratively uh, as a group but not physically being in the same space. So this is a, a thing that's taken off and not just things. Now we have new concepts taking off like human centered design, uh, human centered design and user experience design trying to design for user experience have been a, a big topic lately because people are wanting more from their design. Now it's not good enough that it works it has to work and be friendly with our human with our human condition it has to be uh something that we are not just uh that we use and and it's in our day-to-day lives but it's comfortable using and we're seeing this a lot more with the home than we are in the corporate market to begin with things like alexa and siri are now starting to be more widely used and you can see it picked up by kids nowadays in fact alexa just turned on in my kitchen yeah yeah, she's not sure about what I'm saying. Um, but if you use these things in the home and you get children using these and, and the families using these, they're more comfortable in the home using them the more they use them. And then they figure out, how can I use this at work? I have everyday tasks that I need to do at work just like I do at home. How can I make this voice interaction or this, uh, uh, voice control, easy to use for my day-to-day tasks in my workplace. So now that's getting requested a lot more. It's a big driver. Uh, the technology in the home is a big driver of what people are wanting in the workplace. And, uh, you know, if, if somebody with a, a, a checkbook and a, and a project wants that in their home, there's going to be a company that figures it out, and they're going to show it to other people, and they're going to want it, and so on and so on. So some of these home uh things uh, the voice controlled things uh, uh, augmented reality virtual reality designing for the human condition designing for people to not just be uh functional but comfortable uh to be inviting for them these are the things we're seeing on the horizon and that uh, all encompasses this big exceptional av experience we want uh you know you don't when you go to a concert or you when you go to a movie theater or you sit down and you expect everything to work You only really notice if something doesn't work correctly. If the audio's off or the video's off, the lip sync's maybe not good, or you go to a concert and the mix is bad, or the speakers aren't balanced, that's when you notice it. When you don't notice it is when everything is working perfectly and it just happens organically. And that's the exceptional experience we're talking about you should go in it should be moving you should have this feeling of of gratification from you know i bought this ticket and now i'm wowed, and everything was perfect and you don't have that everything was perfect but the subs were a little loud or you know it was sounded kind of funny or the video wasn't quite synced up with the audio there should be no but it should be uh everything that you uh, see and hear should give you a certain feeling. And if that feeling isn't total satisfaction, then we need to work on it and fix it.
0: Now, what do you think the biggest challenge is that you face in the AV teaching field right now?
1: The biggest challenge I face in the AV teaching field right now is getting people into the classroom, um, getting the word out about, you know, hey, uh, we're going to be here, come take this class. And I, I run into AV community at, you know, at events at infocom or at isc and they're like oh i wish you i wish i would have known you were here uh right now we're on a big push to try and get the word out where we're going to be holding classes and um where we're going to be having talks and appearances and whatnot and i just like if i could just have a, a big billboard that is going to be there you know hey in six months we're going to be here four months we're going to be here three months two months we're going to be here and getting people to show up uh, once they get in there, uh, solving problems is easy. We can have a discussion, and I, uh, I'm not one to get up and just talk for two hours. I like to get the crowd into it because usually, if I go someplace and there's a big crowd, they're all kind of having the same issue, and they've showed up to this discussion to solve a problem. And usually, they're different angles to the problem or, or maybe even different problems. And if I can get the community talking amongst itself about this issue, they can solve it themselves. Um, for things like CTS prep, uh, they want to pass an exam. People come in and they want to do the last minute uh, uh, last minute kind of check to see if they're ready for their exam. I'll do a good bit of talking in that. We'll go really fast. Somebody will stop and say, can you explain this? Hey, great. But I do. I just want more people to be able to experience that, to come and get that and not say, oh, I wish I would have known you were going to be there because I would have come. So it's it's just getting the word out. And, you know, we have uh, email blast. Avixa sends out a lot of marketing and a lot of email marketing. And we send out uh, tweets and we send out Facebook and LinkedIn and any social. Like I've got a bunch of carrier pigeons that I launch. Uh, any way we can get the word out. And uh we just want people to you know maybe the next time you get that Avixa uh a mass marketing email, don't just click delete just look through it real quick because there might be something in there about me coming to your town and and having a a one hour talk about power and grounding and user experience or uh Marcus or Tom coming into your town and having a talk about net tech or or audio gain structure and uh those are really you know that's the biggest thing that people tell me is, oh, the information was great. I wish I would have known this sooner. Or if I see people after a a talk or a session, they say, I've put this stuff into practice and it has saved me so much time or so much money. I wish I would have seen this sooner. And just getting the word out, getting the word out and and making sure everybody's successful.
0: Now, what do you see for the future of AV teaching?
1: For the future of AV teaching? Oh, I want to teach on a global scale all at once. I want to go VR to 10 different countries at one time. I want to have a classroom of attendees that are doing activities at workbenches and tables. And at the same time, I have people in other countries. You know, I have uh, five guys in India piping into that classroom. Through distance, you know, distance learning, doing the same activity, and we can all create critique each other on those activities. And guys in in the UK chiming into critique because everyone looks at everything a little bit differently. Uh, when we teach a class, when I teach a class in the U.S., I get this great U.S. mindset, and we come up with different things and whatnot. And then I go to another country and teach, and they come up with totally different stuff, things that I would have never thought of. And when I say, "Hey," How about this? They're like, wow, I would have never thought of that. So I can bring some US into the, you know, into the UK and some of the UK guys, I would love to be able to get them to get their UK into some of the US classes and we can collaborate on a global scale. I, I think with with VR, we're gonna be able to do that. And I wanna uh, see some more of this distance learning going. Uh also uh, like uh, the big thing that I would like to see as well in the future is, and I know a lot of people, some people might have an issue. They're going to say, oh, you can't do that. But like we have to scale back on the PowerPoint, scale back on the lecture, talk for a little while, 10, 15 minutes, throw out a concept, give some instruction, and then let people go at it for a little while and actually put their hands on stuff, build something or solve a problem. That's what they're really there to do. And if I can get people to come to a class and solve five problems, It's better than me lecturing about a 100 different topics because they can actually take that knowledge of the problem that they solve back to their office and show other people and put their hands on it there and show them that that's how they do this. And really, that's what adult education is about. It's not about curriculum. It's not about learning how to add or learning math. It's about solving problems. Adults have that basis of knowledge in their head. Now they need to know how we can formulate that knowledge to make things work. So if I can help them make things work in the class, they can take that out. So distance education, uh, maybe virtual meetings, place places, and you know, one or two words on a PowerPoint slide and a picture. And then I shut that thing off. We have a 15 minute discussion and then they go to it for 30, 45 minutes, and then we talk about what they built, and then we go on to the next topic.
0: That's excellent. How many years out do you think we are from, from getting that VR classroom experience?
1: Oh, depending on the technology and how quick it's going, uh, VR has been coming along, coming along. There's still some glitches in it. There's uh, The cost is getting really, uh, it's it's getting down a lot. Um, I think it's, it's maybe another five to seven years out before it gets rock solid, and maybe another two or three years out after that where we develop the content and it's widely adopted. And And it's one of those things that it's just like, you go in and there's VR headsets and you put them on and start learning. So, um, you know, between the next five to 10 years, I think we'll start seeing it in between that five and 10 year uh, time frame, we'll start seeing more content developed and we'll start seeing more, uh, the headsets will come down in cost, of course, and it'll just be an accepted thing, like you walking in and seeing a calculator on the this. There's a VR headset, all right, everybody log in, put your glove on, let's do some stuff, let's build some.
0: That's excellent, that's so cool. Now I got one more question for you, Chuck, before I let you go, and it's what inspires you to do this kind of work?
1: What inspires me to do that kind of work? That's easy, I wake up every single morning And I am completely 100% inspired by my AV community. I kid you not, the first thing I do when I wake up, and I know they say it's bad, I don't care, is I log into Twitter and I log into Facebook and I want to see what my AV community is doing. And every single day, every single morning, every single time I log in, there's something inspiring. Uh, My heroes are those people on uh, social media that are posting those questions like, what do you think the AV industry is going to be tomorrow? Those guys are the ones that, that they want to have the discussion and they're doing it. Um, when I log in and, and see some new concept presented or some new theory presented from somebody, and it's everybody out there in the Twitter sphere. It's everybody out there on Facebook, all those guys on the different AV pages who are posting and, and keeping it fresh and making jokes and, uh, that's what really inspires me. And it, I truthfully, I wake up every morning with that, you know, uh, like, it's almost like that call, like Gotham needs you, like your AV community is out there, and they they need you to spread that word. And I, I get so motivated from them, from their desire to do better, and from all of their innovation, and all of their, uh, their likes, and their tweets, and their Even their dislikes or their arguments or just wanting to bring up a topic that's kind of, you know, nobody really wants to talk about this, but you know what? We need to talk about this. That's what makes me get out of bed every morning and hit the ground at a full sprint.
0: Thank you for coming on, Chuck, and thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com industries and subscribe for previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and you have a fantastic rest of your day.